We're going to continue on with what we were doing last week. And uh, so we're going to be in, I'm going to be sharing different scriptures. So uh, the story of Noah is in Genesis 6, 7, and 8. So we'll be kind of hanging out there a little bit. Of course, the verse that we're on is actually Hebrews 11.7. And that verse says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. It starts by faith. It ends by faith. That's how that verse starts and ends. And uh, what we need to see in this portion of Scripture is uh, some very important things that we really need to get. And one is man's state, where we are as mankind. And why are we that way? And because, that, because man is a fallen race, and it's by nature. And when I say by nature, uh, let's look at uh, Genesis 6 is where we're going to start. Genesis chapter 6. We're going to read a little bit, and then we're going to start talking about all these points so in Genesis 6, starting, and, and, I, and I read uh, some of this last week. We're going to read a little bit further than what I did last week. It starts with, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That sounds pretty bad. But all of us... Or, or when, we are, when we are doing things on our own and we're living by our own will, that's where we are. Uh, Adam and Eve, they fell in the garden, they sinned, and, they, and we're all the products of Adam and Eve. We're the descendants of Adam. So in Adam, all die. So we need an answer. Because the news is bad. Because if you're in Adam... Nothing good for you. Nothing good. You may, you may put forth efforts to make this life a great life while you're here, but what happens when you leave here? Our life on this earth is very, very short when you compare it to eternity. Eternity is a very long time. So man's state, uh, in Isaiah 53... It says, I'm going to share the first part of the verse, Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Now that's the bad part of that verse. Now there's a second part of that verse that we, that we uh, uh, need to know. And it says, And the Lord, all caps, and the Lord hath laid on him. Now, who's him? That would be Jesus. If you, go, if you know anything about Isaiah 53, 
you know that that is a very detailed story of the Lamb of God, be, God being led to the slaughter. It's the story of this innocent lamb being led away to the slaughter, very detailed in what Jesus was going to do for us in the future, which he did 2,000 years ago. But Isaiah was writing about it 700 to 800 years before Christ ever showed up. And it says, And the Lord hath laid on him, which is Christ, the iniquity of us all. All of our sins were laid on that Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. But until that happens, we are all like sheep gone astray. So remember that. Remember the sheep that have gone astray. And also, we not only are we sinful, that state that we're in, that sinful state, is by nature, it's just the way it is when we come into this world, but it's also by practice. So Isaiah 59. Again, you, can, you don't have to turn if you don't want to. If, you, if you're quick at turning to places, feel free to turn to Isaiah 59 or at least write it down because you always want to check this stuff. You want to check what I read to you, what I preach to you. You want to check it on your own and make sure that what I'm saying is out of the Bible. So in Isaiah 59, this is, this is by practice. We are in a very bad state. 59, starting with verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. So there's nothing wrong with God. He is able to save, he's able to hear everything, but, verse 2, but your iniquities, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm, I'm saying your, this is what the Bible says, your iniquities, which means it's my iniquities as well, Oh, this is speaking to me. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. He's perfectly able to hear, but because of our iniquities, because of our sins, he has separated from us, and he will not hear. So if, you're, if you are in your sins and you want to pray to God, He's not hearing you according to this. Something needs to happen. Uh, verse 3, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't get much better. I can just keep reading this. And it shows that in practice, we are like this. You know, sometimes we act out good, but our hearts really aren't, isn't there. We just do what we know we're supposed to do, but our hearts are... Uh, full of this wickedness, and we need something to happen to us because our state, the state that we are in as humans, is really, really bad. Think about the hopelessness and the helplessness of mankind without a Savior. There would be no hope. 
there would be no help. So uh, God hates sin, right? God hates sin. You know, we should, we should hate sin as well. And we need to pray to God that He gives us the right way to uh, show that. And we need to hate sin, but we've got to be very careful not to hate the people, right? We've got to love the people because God is loving us even though we're in this bad state. He's looking out for us even though we're in a horrible state. We have sinned. We've come into the world by nature. We're sinners. We practice sin. We do all these bad things. But He still loved us anyway, and He's providing a way. So we have to hate the sin but love the sinner because that's what God did for us. So let's love the sinner, and we need to tell people, look, uh, God has given us a warning. He loves us. He warned us because He loved us, and He doesn't want to see us perish. But God has to judge sin. God has to punish sin. And why? Why does He have to do it? I wrote here, God hates sin and must, must punish it. And then why? Because of His holy, just, and righteous character. He is perfectly holy, and He must judge and punish sin. He has to. That sounds pretty bad for us. Sounds bad. But He gave us a warning right here in... Uh, in, in, in our Bibles, we see that because of how bad things were, that God went to Noah because Noah walked with God and he told him what he needed to do, and that was to build an ark. Build an ark. Okay. God gave him all the dimensions that he needed, told him how to do it, how many levels it would be, and everything was going to be involved in it. And Noah had to either obey God or not. And he decided that he would start to build this ark. And what we know through Scripture, that it was going to be 120 years in building. 120 years. That was the warning. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, that we see that later on in Scripture. <clears throat> we see that Noah preached a righteous sermon, and it was through building the ark. In Jeremiah, talk, going, you know, Noah is warning everyone, and then we're supposed to warn as well. I'm supposed to warn you as a pastor preaching the gospel message, I'm supposed to be uh, acting in a way that Jeremiah would have acted in his day. You know, in Jeremiah uh, 44, God says that he has sent many prophets. And he sent them early. He sent them often. He warned through that message that he sent to Jeremiah, and you can read about it on your own in Jeremiah 44. You can just turn in the Bible, and you can read 
Jeremiah 44, and it's all about God saying, look, I sent my prophets, I sent my servants, the prophets, to warn you. Now, at that time, it was for the nation of Israel. But we need to understand that the prophets were sent for us as well. And then, in Ezekiel 33, what is that about? Do you remember what that's about? Ezekiel 33 is talking about a watchman being placed on a wall. And God is saying to Ezekiel, if the enemies come to attack your city and you don't blow the trumpet, then you're in trouble. I've, I've placed you as a watchman and you are going to be on top of that wall and if the enemy comes and you blow the trumpet and the people don't take the warning and the enemy comes in and slays these people with the sword, then the blood is on them because you did your job of blowing the trumpet and they didn't listen. But if I placed you on the wall and you see the enemy coming and you don't warn the people and they suffer for it, then you will be held accountable. The blood, their blood will be on your head. You know, I take that very seriously. You know, I have been placed in a position to where I'm supposed to warn you. I'm supposed to be warning anybody who listens to this message. God has maybe placed me as a watchman, and I'm supposed to know the Word of God. I'm supposed to give you the warning, and if you don't listen to it, and it doesn't change you, then you got to answer to God for that. But if I, out of not wanting to hurt feelings and, and get on some hard subjects, and I do not preach certain parts of the Word of God, then God's going to hold me accountable, and I have to answer for that. So I want to preach the Word of God. I want to be a good servant to the Lord and to... Preach it all, even the tough stuff. This ark that Noah built is a... It, I mean, kids are fascinated with it. Some people will have a nursery and they'll put Noah's ark theme in their nursery and you usually have this big boat painted on the wall and you got all these animals, to, you know, two of every animal walking across heading to that ark. But it's really a very gruesome story. It's a rough story. But we leave out the judgment part of it. We only talk about the eight people who went into the ark that were saved. We only talk about the animals that got, went into the ark. But it was only two of each kind of animal that went into the ark. There were some extras of the clean animals that were going to be used for sacrifice. But basically it was two of each animal. But then the Flood ended up coming. All the other animals perished in the flood. All the people who didn't get on the boat perished in the flood, even though they had 120 years of warning. You know, they, the ark was God's voice to the people of that day. That ark. The ark was a sermon. It was a very long sermon. 120-year sermon. Now, today's sermon is going to be a little long, but it's not going to be that long. I promise you. It won't be that long. But that 
preparing of the ark was a sermon, and it was a long one, because God is long-suffering. He keeps allowing us to come back here Sunday after Sunday to preach the word. He's long-suffering. His judgment's coming again. We need to take it seriously, but too many people are not taking it seriously. As time goes on and God's more long-suffering, he's, he's given us more time and more time, just like Noah in building that boat, more and more people started to fade away. And there was less and less. We see the same thing. So if the ark was God, God's voice to the people of that day, the ark is a type and picture of Jesus Christ. So if the ark was God's voice to the people of that day, then Jesus Christ is God's voice for us today. In 2 Peter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. That's scary. So if God spared not those angels that sinned, and He spared not the old world that did not go into the ark, then what do you think He's going to do when judgment comes again? Now, it was a righteous sermon as well, building the ark. It was a righteous sermon. And we see that in the verses that I just read, that Noah was the eighth person. Only eight went into that ark. Only eight. And it says, a preacher of righteousness. And then the first verse I read when we started today was the Hebrews eleven seven. And it says, and at the end of it, it says, and, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. That was talking about Noah. So Noah was that uh, preacher of righteousness. So this ark, is a, is, it, it was a righteous sermon. It was also an illustrated sermon. You know, a picture says a thousand words, right? You have a picture of something. There's no words on it. But you can, you can see so much in a picture. And the ark was an illustrated sermon. So they, they could see it. They could actually see the sermon with their very own eyes that that was the way. And they could either trust in that way or go their own way. And when the flood came, they had no excuses. The people who did not get into the boat, there was no excuse for them because they saw the sermon being preached. That righteous, that long, righteous sermon was being preached right in front of their eyes. They saw it with their own eyes and they rejected it. In Proverbs 22, verse 3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself but the simple pass on and are punished. So a prudent man would have seen the evil that was going to come, and he would have hid himself in the ark. We need to see Jesus and want to hide in Him. Because when a righteous, holy, just God looks down on us, 
a sinner worthy of death, if you're not hid in Jesus and He sees you, you have no hope. You're hopeless and helpless unless you're in the ark, which is Jesus, and when you go into the ark, which is Jesus, you know that ark was covered in pitch, inside and out. It was covered in pitch. That word pitch is the exact same word as atonement. Atonement. And if you're not covered in the atonement, which is the blood of Jesus, then you're outside of that ark. And the judgment will get you. But if you're inside of Christ, that atonement appeases God. And you're safe. So the first point was man's state. The second point was God's warning. And we get His warning in the Word. We got the Bible right here. It's all right here in the Bible. We get everything we need for everlasting life through reading the Word of God, knowing what the Word of God says. And so we have the warning right here. I'm warning you. Preachers for years and years and years, hundreds of years have been warning. Third point is God's way of salvation. The ark, a type of Christ. Why do we need it? Why do we need Jesus? Why do we need it? Because of man's state and God's judgment. Because of our state, the judgment of God, God is coming on that. That's why we need Jesus Christ. We must have Him. Notice that the ark was a finished work. It was a finished work. When Noah got done with it, it was a finished work. Very important that we understand that Jesus, when He was hanging on the cross, He said, it is finished. He also said, in John 17, 4, He said, this is that wonderful prayer that Jesus Himself prayed to God. He, the Father. He pray, Jesus is God, the Son, and He's praying to the Father when He's on earth. And part of, that, part of that prayer, he says, he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. The ark was a finished work. All the people had to do was walk in. Jesus, he finished the work that, that the Father sent him to do. All you need to do is to walk into Jesus. He won't make you go in. No one made anybody go into the ark. You could have ran out there and grabbed people and drug them, but God doesn't work that way. He wants you to hear His voice and follow Him. You have to make that choice. So notice it was a finished work, that ark. Notice that it was covered with pitch inside and out. The atonement. And notice there was a way into the ark. What was that way into the ark? It was a door. And John 10, 9 says, Jesus, Jesus speaking, Jesus said, in John 10, 9, He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. 
and shall go in and out and find pasture. So he's talking to his sheep in, in John 10. Notice all the references to sheep. You know, at the beginning I said, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. You know, sheep are not very smart. Sheep are weak. Sheep fall over and can't get up. And they need a shepherd to get them back up on their feet. We are sheep. And left to ourselves, we're going to go astray. And we need a shepherd. We need the shepherd. And he is the door. He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And then you have liberty to be able to go in and out and enjoy the pasture. Enjoy the pasture like a sheep out in a beautiful field. Reminds me of uh, Psalm 23. So the ark was a finished work. It was covered with pitch or atonement. It was an ark that had a door that we are to enter in. The ark, when the flood came, remember when, when the ark was sitting there and they were told to go in, there was no water yet. There was no storm clouds. There was nothing to show that the judgment was about to come in. But when it did, it said that the earth broke up and waters came up out of the earth and that the rains came down from heaven. So the ark had to endure the storm from below and above. It came from both directions. The ark represents Jesus, right? So just like the ark had to endure the storm from below and above, so Christ had to endure the rejection of men and the wrath of God. How did it endure? Because it was covered in the pitch. It was covered in the atonement outside and in. The ark saved all who trusted in it. That ark saved the people who trusted in it. Do you trust in Jesus? That's the question to anybody who's hearing my voice. Do you trust in Jesus? Do you see Him as the finished work with the atonement that we need, which is His shed blood, who is the door, who endured the rejection of men and the wrath of God that was meant for us. He took on every bit of our sin on the cross and the wrath of God killed Him for it. Mankind put Him there. But Jesus endured all of that. The last verse I'll share with you is also out of John 10. Verses 27 and 28 say, this is Jesus speaking again. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that we would read your word, we would hear your word. 
Father, I pray that we would be sheep that hear Your voice. Father, we want You to know us. Father, we want to follow You. We want to follow the ways of Jesus. Father, we know that Jesus has the answer for the state that we are in as mankind. Father, Jesus has the answer for the wrath of judgment that comes down on us. Father, give us, just give us the leading of the Holy Ghost. Help us to see your ways. Father, I pray that we would see the door, that we would come to you. Father, you told Noah, you said, come, you and your family, into the ark. Father, you want us to come to you. Father, you are in the ark. Father, you are in Jesus. Father, we need to go to Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.